Hello and welcome to the new Digital Age PMU podcast. My name is Justin Pierce and I'm the editor. These podcasts are a series of short interviews with some of the amazing women who have taken part in the Practice Makes Them Perfect programme. A course developed in association with Amy Keane that helps women find and finesse their public voices. So Indy, hi, and welcome to the NDA PMU podcast. Uh, First of all, before we launch into today's topic, how about you tell me just a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you work, what you do there, and a a little bit about how how you got where you are today. Yeah, hi, uh, my name's Indy Bal, but everyone calls me Indy. Um, I'm the UK Head of Trading at Captify, where I work with some of the largest global advertisers, such as Disney, Microsoft, GSK, and P&G. I've had four promotions in the last three years, and over the last six months, I've led my team to record-breaking quarters and the strongest performance we've ever had as a team, so my leadership techniques really do work. Whilst bossing my nine-to-five at Captify, I took a leap of faith in lockdown and started a now-successful business, also while bouncing some big life changes, and I'm really not stopping yet. I'm ready and raring to take on some more. Fantastic. Ready and rearing and bossing. I like it very much. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to get some skills. Um, so the title of, of the podcast today is about mindfulness in leadership. And really, what I'd like to know is, does, does mindfulness actually have a place in leadership? I think mindfulness does have a place in leadership, but it doesn't just have a place. It's the key to being a good leader. So I think initially we need to ask ourselves what mindfulness actually is, because there's a really big stigma against what it is. Um, It seems to be something that's linked to hipsters, Gen Z, uh, millennials, wanting to be on social media, yoga, all that kind of stuff. Um, Whereas when you actually look into what mindfulness is as um, just a technique, it's just being self-aware. When you're looking at inside, looking at being open minded, being the best version of yourself, the person that you um, want to be and the best version you want to bring to the table. It's about being self-aware and self-awareness is commonly um, discussed between leaders as being one of the key techniques to being a good leader. So if we're looking at mindfulness having a place in leadership, if leadership is um, one of the key skills of leadership is being self-aware and mindfulness is being self-aware, then it doesn't just have a place. It is the route to being a good leader. Oh, fantastic. So tell me a bit more about, I mean, I really know nothing here. So (laughs) tell me a bit about what it means to be self-aware. I've got I've got an idea of what that might be but I'm probably lacking enough self-awareness to make sure I'm I'm truly got it. (laughs) Yeah, so self-awareness is just understanding your emotions, what you're feeling at that time. Are you bringing your emotion to your emotions and projecting that onto somebody else? Are you um, not taking a moment to decompress after a stressful time or a stressful meeting? It's really about being in control of how you're feeling. It's about making sure that what you're what you're bringing to the table, whenever that is, whether that's in your personal life or your professional life, is is the best that you can be. Um, and for me, it's very, very linked to just that feeling piece, being that being uh, understanding of how you're feeling and allowing yourself to feel those things as well. It's not about trying to hide those things when you're coming to. Um, I think we're all kind of commonly do this where you come to a meeting and because you're stressed and you're feeling 101 different things, you try and suppress that and just be the best version of yourself there. But you can't do that if you're not actually truly understanding how you're feeling and going through that. Um, and working through those feelings. So it's for me, it's very much self-awareness is linked to understanding your emotions and what you can do to to best deal with them. 
That's excellent. It's excellent advice, I think, for anything. I'm a, I'm a businesswoman and I also parent two, two teenage children. <laughs> Understanding my emotions, which are generally 95% rage most of the time, uh, <laughs> is probably very useful. But I mean, it's, it's, it is interesting, isn't it? That, that not bringing the personal into the work area. Um, I mean, obviously, as, as leaders, you're, you're wanting people to do things for you. You're wanting to drive towards success inevitably there are hiccups on the way. And I think, I don't know, would you agree? Hiccups are the bits that are going to generate the the biggest, strongest emotions. Is that right? Definitely. And I think it's, I don't think you shouldn't bring your personal life to work. I think it's more um, having a good relationship with your leader so you can have those conversations which allow you to feel like you're being heard. So for me and my team, for example, when they're going through a stressful time and it's things that are outside influences which are making them feel um, like they can't get stuff done at work or they're they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed and that's where we feel like hiccups might occur because the timelines are in place that we need to work to but actually they're not feeling great and they can't really do the do what they need to at that time having that open relationship with them and being understanding of how they're feeling and what they need and whether it's a five minute break or an hour out and they can do an hour later or anything like that. It's, it's having that open communication. And I think what we lack as leaders is that empathy towards our employees and how they're feeling. Whereas over the last two years, it's got so much better because we've all had to deal with the same things at the same time. Um, But pre that it was very, um, one-sided leaders just wanted to think about outcomes there was not understanding how the person you're working with is feeling um, and I believe that it's really important to have that really good open communication with your team so that you can both understand each other I'm open about how I'm feeling so they can understand that I'm also human I'm not having great days every day um, and that helps them to be more open with me which then helps us navigate those those times that can can be seen as hiccups there's so much to unpack there. It's brilliant. I mean, you mentioned that that critical thing of communication and we are we're nervous still. I mean, you've mentioned it's got so much better, but we are nervous about communicating how we feel because of how perhaps people may perceive us yes. or may perceive our ability to do the job. I mean, um, there's also the worry that we might be oversharing. Obviously, Exactly. There's only so much. How do you do you have any advice for, for striking the right balance there? My key advice would be take it one step at a time with each of your employees. So, for example, everyone in my team works very differently. There's some people who want to overshare and that's fine with me as long as we they are comfortable doing that and it's safe for them to and they feel safe doing so. Whereas when but then you also need to be um, aware enough in yourself that you can let them know that you're not will it able to give that time to them that day so if they're if you're feeling a bit stressful um, and there's a lot going on in your life and you're not feeling like you can give everything and take that emotional um those feelings off of them at that time you just need to be willing to share your side as well as their side so it's a two-way street I think my key advice would be don't just expect them to come to you with all of their their feelings and be open with you if you're not being open with them. So the way that I started with my journey was just opening up that communication with my team, with the seniors in my team, so that at least there's one or two people in my team who will always understand that, or not always understand, but be more 
willing to listen to me when I'm saying I need five minutes, I'm going to go just go out for a run or go out for a walk and I'll be back in five and then we'll have our meeting. They are then more willing to do the same back. And I can understand a little bit more about how they work um, and and the different circumstances that they've got in their lives. And yeah, key for me would be just um, start with yourself and being open about your feelings um, and how you're doing. And they'll automatically start to reciprocate that, which is really nice. So it sounds very much like mirroring, you know, I show you what I'm going to be and what I'm going to do. And then you can see these are sort of the, the things that I feel is acceptable to demonstrate. And, and you can then, you know, show it back to me. Um, obviously, people listening to this are going to be gaining insights and, and learning how how to apply mindfulness and leadership. Yeah. But in all the I mean, obviously, I imagine you've been on on various sort of you've pr- promoted four times. I imagine you've, you've had various, you know, um, continuous professional development, et cetera, to help you get there. Is this sort of thing taught? Yes, this is something that um, I was looking into, actually, just before um, uh, just before I started the PMU course. It was something which I wanted to be able to understand whether we could help people to be more mindful. Um, And I realized afterwards that actually I didn't need to think very much about it because uh, Captify, where I work, they actually set us up on a leadership course and that course is what taught me to be more mindful without realizing that that's what it was doing. So I think it's one of those things that mindfulness is is something that people often think is is not something you can learn, whereas I think it's something which we forget when we're older. When we get older, we've gone through so many different things that we just go with the flow and we've kind of dropped mindfulness to the back of our, our radar. We're not thinking about how we're feeling. We're just fight or flight getting through everything that we need to. Um, and all of our different experiences are, are what mold us into being the person that we are now. So we should actually embrace those, understand them and then help that and use those to help our leadership skills. And I think it really pivotal for me was that leadership course because it helped me to take away even two or three things that I can do in my day that help me to be more mindful and those things are key to my to my everyday practice but it's it's what brings that kind of open relationship with my team which is really great and we we speak a lot about um about new ways of working I've just finished writing an article about agile methodologies for example in being introduced into sectors that were very traditional now if we think about management styles I don't want to pin this to every generation, um, generational cliche, but I imagine this is something that is harder for an older generation, a more traditional type of leader to get on board with than someone who is either less traditional or perhaps of a younger generation. How can, can you see this approach to mindfulness going across every leader or is it something that we will have to quite literally grow up into I think it's something which isn't for everybody so I think it's something which you have to be willing to to give your all to it to not just do it in your professional life but also do it in your personal life and not a lot of people will be willing to bring that in and as you mentioned the traditional type of leader might not take as much away from it as a, a leader who's come up in in this kind of last couple of years where things have started to be a little bit more open and progressive. But I do think that even the traditional leaders have 
something to learn from mindfulness. And even if it's not bringing in every different technique that you could possibly do, it's about having one or two, which will kind of bring that um, feeling into the team. Because I feel like, like you said, it's something that we're going to grow into. It's something which we're not going to be able to stop because all of the newer generation and all those new people we're trying to employ into our companies want this type of leadership because it's something which they've seen does really well with people um, that have had it over the last couple of years. And with the way that the world's moving, everyone wants a better work-life balance. Everyone wants to be understood a little bit more. Everyone wants to have a little bit more flexibility in their working hours and things. All of that, if you're mindful in your leadership, you'll be more willing to take that on as something. And I think that's key to growth in in in, in any industry now, um, being a little bit more open to it. Fantastic. And on the on the off chance that we come up against an immovable object, and you know, as you rightly said, new generations, I mean people of older generations as well, want to work somewhere that's more accepting of the work-life balance, of their goals and aims, of how they approach life, etc. But on, on occasion, we will have to work places which don't necessarily ascribe to all those goals, but but we ourselves feel that mindfulness is important, etc. How can people who feel strongly about having a mindful approach work with people who don't? <laughs> I have had to do that in the past. And for me, the best way that I did it was just not not giving in on my key things that I do in a day. So when I mentioned I do two or three things in a day, one of those is making sure I wake up and do journaling of gratitude. Three things in the morning that I'm grateful for. If I'm not shifting on what I'm doing, then when I go to work, and even if I am working with someone who's not on the same wavelength as me and not kind of focusing in the same way I am, I can still feel and channel my inner um, mindfulness. And that is something which helps me to be the best I can be. So even if you come across someone who isn't working in the same way, if you're still um, stuck in your ways in a way um, and making sure that you're sticking to your guns and doing what you want to do to make yourself the most efficient you can be, what tends to happen is you see it starts to rub off on them slightly, even if they don't want it to. Um, it's something that comes up in their day to day. They start to ask questions around how you behave in that way, how you how you um, conduct yourself in meetings, why you take one minute before a meeting to start talking, all that kind of stuff. And it comes up in conversation. So I think it's very much about being true to who you are, um, even if it's not something that's being um, done on the other side. Fantastic. I think there's so much that I'm going to take away straight after this call and think, right, I need to, I need to think about this. It's also, it's, it's opening my eyes to perhaps how some other people I've been working with in recent times, how I could perhaps approach those relationships a bit better and, and stop myself getting as wound up about them as, <laughs> yeah. as well. So that's really brilliant. I mean, just to quickly wrap up before we say goodbye, Andy, um, yeah. for someone like me who's, who's been inspired to do something about it, but maybe doesn't know what to start with, what can I literally leave this podcast with and go either write something down or commit to something? What would you recommend? There's two key things that like two or three, actually, I think there's three things that everyone can do on a day to day. First one, waking up and one thing you're grateful for. It's a really easy thing to do. You get up and everyone's grateful for something, even if it is just the bed that you slept in. That's one thing that you can take away. The second one is 
before meetings, taking one minute. If you take one minute to just sit before a meeting, we're all in back-to-back, Zoom call after Zoom call. If you take a minute to just breathe before you start that meeting, you'll be in such a good headspace when you go into it rather than just going from back-to-back meeting. Um, And the third one would be take control of your time and your diary. Those back-to-backs aren't good for your mental health. They're not good for um, the way that you think in meetings. So if you can put in five minutes or block out time to take an hour walk or 30 minutes, it's just being a little bit more proactive with being in control of your time. Um, those are the key three things but I think the gratitude one is is the one that's the easiest to take away fantastic indeed well I can tell you one thing I'm grateful for today is the ability to chat to you because I I find (laughs) it absolutely fascinating and I'm going to take away some really great stuff and I hope our listeners are going to take away some really great things as well thank thank you so much very much thank you